0: Hey friends, I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and you're taking care of yourselves and the people and pets that are important to you. This past week, I was let go from my full-time job. I'm okay. The last time I'd found myself out of work was over 10 years ago, and back then, I wasn't okay. The last time I'd lost my job, I was depressed. I had a ton of anxiety, but... More than anything, I felt hopeless and alone. You see, over ten years ago, when I'd last lost my job, the job was all I was. Back then, it felt like a good portion of my identity was this person who sat in a cubicle and did his work and got along well with his colleagues. And when all that disappeared, I felt adrift and lost. It was awful. I was eventually able to land at another full-time job. And the first day I started training for that new job, I, I began to work on my first novel. I was literally sitting in my car on my lunch breaks, editing Unmagnificent Lives, which, is, which ended up being my first self-published novel. Now, here I am. It's 11 years later. And I've written and published eight novels. And I've been a senior music journalist for over five years. And I've been faithfully recording and making this podcast available for just over three years. I'm proud of all these things. When I first lost my job over 10 years ago, I hadn't done any of these things. And last night, I was on the highway driving with my daughter and just talking, you know. Sometimes I think when you're in a car and you're just focused on the road. And it's at night, especially, where there's nothing to distract you. You know, you you can really be insightful and kind of go inside and search yourself. And last night I, I realized while I was driving, and I started to articulate this, that the reason why I don't have the same feelings of hopelessness this time after losing my job and finding myself in the same position is because this time around, my identity is more than just my job. I'm proud of the things I've been able to accomplish in the last decade plus. I know myself better now. I'm more confident. And this time around, I know I'm gonna be okay. It's a good feeling. And I wanted you to to know I'm going to be okay. Did I mention you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast? It's true. If this is your first time listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast, hello. My name is Andy Mascola. I'm the host of the show. There are no ads on this podcast, and there is no Patreon set up for it. If you'd like to help support People Are the Enemy and myself monetarily, however, I would absolutely encourage you to consider purchasing any or all of my eight books. All of them can be found in paperback and ebook formats by typing my name, Andy Mascola, into your Amazon search bar. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your patronage. And with all that out of the way, Here's the quirky theme song. people are the enemy listeners this is episode 157 of the people are the enemy podcast thank you so much for spending time with me thank you for checking out this show i sincerely hope you are doing well i hope you enjoy spending this time i think you've made a good decision picking this podcast it's it's obviously a little different you know we haven't had a guest on in a long time but that doesn't mean that we're not going too soon in fact i just spoke with somebody last weekend Regarding coming on this show, and I only I only mentioned that uh, if only because it had been a while to since I, I I talked with somebody who I'd hoped to have on as a guest in kind of um and and this person was kind of didn't know the show was a little bit unsure of uh, of what it was about and who I was and kind of wanted to speak with me in advance if only to get a feel for I guess who I was and what I was looking for from them in terms of their appearance on the on this podcast. And, uh, I gotta, I gotta tell you guys, like, I, I am not, I am not good in those positions because I got this person on the phone after, um, some back and forth and, uh, and I was just, I just couldn't shut up. Like, I couldn't, I wouldn't let them speak. I was just so excited to have this person on the phone and I so badly wanted them to understand, um, how big a fan I was and how, how great it would be if they, Came on the show to talk with me, and uh, I, I frankly embarrassed myself, and I ended up having to apologize and, and say, "Listen, I, I, I'm sorry. It's just that I'm very excited to speak with you. I think, uh, I think it could be great, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And fortunately, this person had a good sense of humor and understood that I was uh, uh, over enthusiastic and and um, a little nervous because I definitely was, and. And uh, they said, "Well, uh, I'll tell you what, why don't you send me some episodes of your program, and I'll listen to them and see if see if it's something I'd like to do." And we talked about the episodes that I'd done and the different interviews with with uh, certain people, and they said, "Okay, could you could you send me these three episodes?" So I sent three episodes, and these were ones I was particularly proud of, and they were ones this person was interested in hearing. And then I basically held my breath, and I, I think, like in the email that I sent to this person, I know in the email I sent to this person, I said, "I was sorry for being such a spaz on the phone. <laughs> I was just really excited to speak with you." And uh, and uh, I all I could think was like, all I could hope in my mind was like, "Please don't judge me from our preliminary phone conversation. Please judge me from this this these these episodes, because in the episodes I was had everything you know planned out, and I had." questions and a nice monologue to open it up and a nice introduction for the people that I was had interviewed on those episodes and I could uh, I, I basically just I thought to myself y- you did what you did Andy you got to just walk away now you've done as much as you can you have to let the episodes stand for themselves that was last week anyway the other night I think it was last night yeah or maybe two nights ago two nights ago I got an email from this person saying they're going to do the show I was so excited and so happy and obviously, obviously, uh, very appreciative. Um, so we we can look forward to guest, a guest at least coming up soon. So I just wanted to tell you about that. Uh, I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, oh, you know, a friend of mine, this was kind of cool. A friend of mine invited me over to his apartment. He lives, uh, he lives uh, downtown and this guy is getting ready to do, uh, to do his own podcast. And he, he's got this big, beautiful, uh, Apple computer. Uh, and he's got, he's got these mics that are like, uh, you know, that clamp to like a table. If you can picture those with like the arms and everything. And I walked into his apartment and I saw his setup and I was like, oh my God. Like, cause you know, I'll tell you, you know, frankly, this setup is very, very simple. Ladies and gentlemen, I've tried to keep this podcast very simple as, as far as for myself and how I do it. Uh, and, but this fella's setup was very high tech in comparison. It looked, looked like, I felt like I was in a spaceship and what was cool is we sat down and he sat in front of his computer and his microphone and I sat in front of a microphone. I actually had a windscreen over the mic. You know what I'm talking about? A windscreen is sort of like this, um, it almost looks like a, um, uh, like a little, um, coaster, probably bigger than a coaster though. And the idea is that, you know, it won't, you know, if you're. If you spit while you talk, it won't hit the mic and make like a little sound, you know? So it was just super impressive. I was taking photos. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And we recorded, you know, a podcast right then and there. Just he and I just shooting the poop in order to uh, test out all this equipment. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, he says he wants me to be a part of it. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm gonna stop doing this. It, it, I would absolutely love to, to help this fellow out anytime that he wants me. I don't know how regularly it's gonna be, but I will give you more information as that, that comes along. Um, and the one, you know, the other thing he said was like, I want it to be ours. And I said, I, I can't do that. I said, I, you know, I've got, I write books. I am a music journalist. I write album reviews. Uh, and, um, and I've got this podcast. I I can't, I, I, if I'm, if I'm committed to, to owning part of this thing that you're doing, I'm going to feel compelled to keep it going, whether or not you do or not. Meaning like, I'm the kind of person where if he just all of a sudden said, uh, you know, I'm tired of this and I don't want to do it anymore. And my name was on it. Then I'd feel like, okay, well, I guess then I have to pick up the, where he left off, you know? So I I just said, no, no, make, this'll be your thing. If you want me there, I'll be there to, to help you with it. Anytime you want me on the show, I will absolutely love to sit down and, and do it with you. But, uh, but please don't, don't make me, you know, part owner of this thing. Um, I'm, fl- I was flattered for sure, but but also I felt uh, I know myself too well and I knew I would feel like this this obligation to, to kind of uh, keep something going. Um, what else can I tell you about? Well, you know, this is my first time in this room since since uh, losing my job. This is, you know, I record the podcast in the same room where I, I work uh, my my regular my regular job. And since, uh, you know, being sent home in March of 2020, I'd had my setup here in this room. And, and after... After I I found out that I wouldn't be working where I was working anymore, I I immediately unplugged my equipment and uh, and uh, and set it all aside, and uh, then I, I I walked out of the room, and I just thought to myself, if I don't have to be in that room, I won't, because I don't know how it's going to feel, and I'd come into this room on on occasion. I left the door open first of all, and I opened the window shade so that you know I could peek in here every now and again and just just you know remember it. But since 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 losing my job and not uh working in this room for 8 hours a day. I I'd, I'd set up everything on the kitchen table so I could you know do my job search there, do my um music journalism work and do my book editing from the kitchen table just to avoid this room because again I didn't I was worried about how I'd feel, you know, I didn't know how sentimental I would get, you know, or emotional and I've been, you know, fragile. It's it's uh, I'm raw at this point. You know what I mean? I I, like I said in the monologue, it's it was just last night that I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know what, I'm going to be okay. And the reason I'm going to be okay is because of of the things I've done to build my self-confidence over the last decade plus. But anyway, so this this is my first time in this room. And while I was setting up the equipment, and it's not much, it's nothing compared to what my friend had that I just described. It's, it's such a simple setup here. Um, but I I looked around and I thought to myself, you know... This feels okay. I'm all right, and uh, and this is this is my room, and this was, this was my the room I worked in before I was working from home. It was the room I worked in while I was working from home, and now that I'm not working from home anymore, it's just it's going to be the room for the uh, to do record the podcast and do my do my editing and whatever else I need to do. And it feels all right to be back in here, but but in all honesty, I was a little trepidatious stepping back in here. I don't know if you're that kind of person where you, you you feel like. You know, obviously, uh, places hold meaning, and um, and y- you know you associate things. I suppose with you know if something good happens in a place, then you have a good feeling when you go there, and if something not so great happens in a place, then unfortunately you've got that not so great feeling. And I I'm not sure if I'm if I'm that type of person all the time. I think sometimes I am, and I was concerned that perhaps I I would be uh, I would be a, a little emotive or emotional sitting back in the seat, um, but uh, I'm okay. Everything's all right. Uh oh you know what I saw a really good movie this week and uh, maybe you've seen it uh, King of Staten Island it's a it's a Pete Davidson movie y- you probably saw the ads for it i think it's a Judd Apatow film or at least Judd Apatow produced i i i I'd, i hadn't had any initial interest in seeing it i suppose when it when it first came out but but i think after hearing some some buzz about it and realizing that like whenever i see Pete Davidson on SNL. I'm, I'm like, this guy's pretty funny. He's all right. You know, I, I thought I'd check it out. And that, that, and the fact that it sort of like was ran parallel to his own life story, you know, it wasn't necessarily a biopic per se, but I don't know if you know Pete Davidson. He's a, uh, comedian who's on Saturday night live. He's one of the, the, uh, the players on that show. And, uh, and his father died, uh, in nine 11, he was like a, a firefighter. And, and in this movie, the king of Staten Island. He plays a character whose father was a firefighter and had passed, and he's dealing with all these emotional, um, emotional things, and uh, and you know, basically uh, trying to figure his life out, you know. And uh, Bill Burr is in it too, and Bill Burr. I'll tell you, like Bill Burr is a comedian. I like him sometimes. You know, I used to listen to his podcast regularly, uh, the Monday morning podcast. I was always impressed, if only because he turned on the mic and just talked. He talked a lot about New England sports, and I don't really give a crap about that. So, um, so I, I eventually I, I dipped out of it. But uh, I thought, like, oh, he's oh, Bill Burr's in this movie. He might have a small part. Well, no, he had like a huge part, and he was very, very good. I was like, holy moly, Bill Burr's good. He plays like a a firefighter, uh, a divorced firefighter, and. Um, and he, uh, this isn't spoiling anything, but, uh, cause you can, you kind of know it as soon as it begins, but he sort of strikes up a relationship with, with Pete Davidson's character's mother in the film. And, uh, and Bill Burr is very good in this movie. Uh, I, I will say that. And Pete Davidson, you know, is, is very compelling to watch. I, I can't say, you know, like that he has like a, that he expressed a huge range in this film. I mean, obviously, you know, he had to express anger and, uh, and he did that quite well. He was able to tap into that um but mostly he was just kind of like uh, sarcastic you know <laughs> he was just kind of like uh um just like a dry dry dryly sarcastic i suppose is the best way to describe it but good a good film i i liked it a lot king of staten island uh i recommend it let's see what else can i talk about with you today uh, i've been taking long walks with the dog that's been a lot of fun. I've been enjoying that uh, since I've been a- able to have more free time. I have been looking, like I said, for um, for full-time work in the mornings. In the afternoon, I pick up my daughter from her job, and uh, that's quickly becoming my favorite part of the day, the day. When I get in my car, and I drive to my daughter's work, and I pick her up, and she gets in the car, and she's smiling, and we're together, and it's like, this feels so good. And I told her, I said, this is quickly becoming my favorite part of the day. I've been lucky to spend a lot of time with my, my kid, which is nice. And then what we'll do is we'll come home from work or she'll come home from her work and I'll, I'll take a break from the job search and uh, she and I will make ourselves lunch. And then we'll take the dog on a long walk. And when I say, like, a long walk, we'll go on, like, a two-hour walk, you know. And we'll pack treats and, uh, you know, um, poo bags, you know. And uh, even, like, even the last couple times we've gone, uh, I've brought, like, a dish. My wife has this, like, collapsible rubber bowl that's on, like, a, a hook, like a, like a clamp. And basically, I've, so I've got the um, the leash. And the leash is, uh, it has, is like, one of those um, recoiling leashes, almost like a... Um, uh, shoot, what do you call them? Like a measuring tape, if you can picture that. So it, 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 uh, you've got a little switch on it. You can reel it back in and out. So it's a bigger contraption. And, and what I've done is I've attached like a little, little, uh, a satchel to it that has poo bags in it that my wife got. And the other thing that attached, I've attached to it is this rubber bowl. And I'll bring like a, um, a thermos, like a small, like, you know, like the kind of thing that you'd, you'd have, uh, um, to go on a hike with. And I'll have that in my jacket. Along with the treats, and uh, if we feel like the dog needs a break and is getting thirsty, we'll we, we'll stop and we'll we'll open up the bowl and pour some water in there, and the dog will have a nice drink. And then we'll uh, we'll fold up the bowl again and keep walking. And that's been fun, and it's been good. It's been spending time with my kid and talking and uh, just really connecting and uh, and making each other, keeping each other upbeat and feeling good, which is nice. And she's been she's been wonderful, wonderful as far as. Um, knowing what I'm dealing with and keeping my spirits up, uh, which has been, uh, I've been very, very appreciative that she's been doing that. You know what I saw the other day, and uh, I heard about the show on NPR, and I remember hearing about it before, but they were talking about the show Cops. And I don't know if you remember this show, it took place like in inner cities. It's, it's been on for a million years. I guess there are over a thousand episodes. But they were they were talking about that show, Cops, and that I don't believe is on the air anymore. Um, and comparing it to this other show called Northwood's Law, which is an Animal Planet show. And it's sort of like... It's sort of like... Um, conserv- well, it is. It's Conservation Cops. And I guess the first, like, seven seasons took place in Maine, which I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. But but since then i guess the 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 last like eight seasons have taken place in new hampshire and i thought well i live in new hampshire this might be kind of interesting and the fact that it was sort of like conservation cops made me kind of curious to see to see what these these uh ladies and gentlemen did on their job and and it's exactly what you think it's like like the first episode was like a bear stuck in a tree in jaffrey new hampshire right <laughs> so So you see like all these people like outside looking at this bear and this conservation cop comes up and he's trying to get the bear out of the tree and realizes that he's got to, he's got to shoot it in the, in the butt with, uh, uh, with rubber bullets to, to get it, to get it to come down. And then, you know, they have to, they kind of have to scare it back into the woods, you know? And then another, another episode was like, um... It might have been even the same episode, uh, but uh, somebody had lost, or somebody not had lost, but three skunks had gotten trapped in this woman's egress window. And I don't know if you know what an egress window is. I didn't. It's sort of like, if you picture like a basement window, that's sort of half underground, and so it has sort of like, um, like the, uh, the ground is kind of cut out around it. So it's almost like a bucket. It's like a, you know, if you can picture that just in the ground where the window is. And three little baby skunks had gotten into this thing. And this, this fella had to use like this, I guess it was like this this long uh, um, hand kind of that 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 he'd normally use to, or they'd normally use to, to pick up snakes and uh, so that they don't get stung, to pick up these baby skunks so that he wouldn't get sprayed. You know, and these things are so cute, man. So adorable. And there's like, you know, this mother and her son are kind of there with their arms crossed watching this guy and he's talking through the whole thing about collecting these skunks and then taking them somewhere where their mother can reconnect with them. It's it's sweet, man. It's sweet. You know, I can't say like, uh, I can't say I don't, I haven't watched all the series. I think I've watched maybe two episodes, but I, I, but I enjoyed it and I kind of liked um, the wholesomeness of it, you know? And I I think obviously given the state I'm in as far as my position again, uh, I I I can't I can't handle anything too heavy. I actually turned on the TV yesterday and you might have seen me tweet about this if you follow me on Twitter, but uh, Castaway was on. You know that the Tom Hanks movie where he's adrift and uh he's all alone and uh oh shoot man like and I'm like watching this thing and I'm like I don't know if this is the perfect movie for me to be watching given I just lost my job or if this is like the worst thing I should be watching. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't decide whether it was good or bad. Ultimately, I thought to myself, well, it did have a happy ending. So not to spoil anything. I mean, the movie's like, you know what, 17 years old. I, I'm definitely not spoiling anything for you. But it's, yeah, it's, it was okay, you know. So I, I suppose I need to, to keep myself upbeat and look for up, upbeat things. And uh, I, I really, uh I really, I really am honest when I say I'm going to be okay. I feel, I feel a lot better um, having especially um, kind of, reached inside and and thought about my feelings and uh, realized why I'm going to be okay this time. And uh, that's pretty much all I got for you. This is the last episode of the month. I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you have a great week. This has been episode 157 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. We love you. Peace.